Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to Episode 73 of Season 3 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. Ray Milland was a Welsh-American actor who got a start in British films before moving to Hollywood in 1930 and working for MGM Studios. His time with them was not very successful, and he returned to Great Britain, where he did a couple more films before returning to the U.S. in 1933 and working at menial jobs, including at a gas station. It was then that he just happened to be passing by Paramount Studios' gates on the way home from work when he was approached by a casting director and asked to replace an actor who had been injured on the movie Bolero. This led to a role in the comedy We're Not Dressing with Bing Crosby and Carol Lombard, and this in turn led to a contract with Paramount, and from then on his career skyrocketed. He continued making successful films for the next three decades, and also starred in a short-lived radio sitcom, Meet Mr. McNutley, which ran for one season in 1954, while running concurrently on TV from 53 to 55. Milan starred as an English professor at the Lynn Haven College for Girls, with his wife played by Phyllis Avery. Milan continued working in film and TV throughout the 1980s until his death in 1986. Now sit back and enjoy the April 15th, 1954 broadcast of Meet Mr. McNutley. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. and GE Television present the General Electric Comedy Theater transcribed starring Ray Milland in Meet Mr. McNutley created by Joe Connolly and Bob Mosher with Phyllis Avery and Gordon Jones. And I'm Del Sharman, your GE narrator telling you that with Easter, Mother's Day, Father's Day, weddings and graduations coming up everybody's asking what'll I give them? Well, let me suggest a GE Tripmate personal radio. It has the biggest voice in personal portables a speaker 16% bigger than any 33% bigger than most. Its batteries last ten times longer than in radios of the past. The GE TripMate is campus-approved by college students for color, design, and performance. So you know you're right with a young set when you give GE. In gray, red, or green, all at one price, and its handsome carrying case is free. GE's TripMate Personal Portable costs only $29.95 without batteries. Slightly higher west and south. Well, it seems that lately, things haven't been going too well for Lynn Haven College for Women. This afternoon, our friend, Professor Raymond McNutley, and several of his colleagues are arguing the problem in the office of Miss Bradley, dean of the school. According to Ray McNutley, the answer to the problem is very simple. Well, I A publicity campaign, and that's all we need, Miss Bradley. Uh, could you be more specific, <clears throat> Mr. McNutley? I certainly. We need more students, so we've got to attract the attention to our school. That means advertising, telling the public about us, ads in the magazines and newspapers. Mm, well, what do you all think? Professor Leonard? I'm against it. I don't believe any good comes of blowing one's own horn. Oh, really? What about Harry James? <laughs> We're a conservative school, Mr. McNutley. We have dignity. 
Do we want to open a magazine and see a photo of a shapely young girl in a caption that reads, She's beautiful. She's intelligent. She got her bachelor at Linhaven. <laughs> that's, uh, that's not bad, Professor. We might even have one that says, Want a diploma? For that sheepskin you love to touch, try Linhaven. <laughs> Mr. McNuckley, please. Oh, uh, uh, my apologies, Miss Bradley. But uh, to be serious for a moment... Advertising can be dignified. It must be for Linhaven. Hello? Properly done, it can Just attract the sort of students we're looking for. Uh, Professor McNutley. Yes. It's for you, your wife. Oh, excuse me. Peggy, I asked you not to call me here unless it was important. But it is important, Ray. It's very important. Very well, dear. What is it? We don't have any food for the goldfish. <laughs> All right, dear. I'll pick some up on my way home. Goodbye. I'm sorry, Miss Bradley, and uh, now, as I was going to say... You don't have to, Mr. McNutley. You've convinced me. I have? Yes. We should try an advertising campaign, and I hereby appoint you a committee of one to work out the details. Thank you, Miss Bradley. Thank you. I'll get on it at once. Peggy! What kept you so long, dear? Well, you asked me to stop and get some food for the goldfish. Well, yes, I know, but, Ray, what in the world have you got there? Just what it looks like, a birdcage. But, but it's got a bird in it. No. <laughs> oh, now, Ray, stop teasing me. Where did you get that parakeet? At the pet shop. I bought it. <gasps> Darling, you went into the pet shop to get ten cents worth of fish food. Can't you ever go into a store without buying something? But, Peggy, you don't understand. I, I couldn't pass up a real bargain. This bird was marked down 30%. I got it at a discount. What's the matter? Is it a discontinued model? <laughs> no, of course not. The owner of the store just happens to like me. He practically gave me the bird. <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> Look, let me set the cage down on the table here, and I'll show you something. You see, he's a highly trained parakeet. Does all sorts of tricks. Does he? Absolutely. Now, the man at the store put his finger in the cage like this, you see. Then the bird hops onto it like that, you see. And then the bird swings round like... Ow! <laughs> I like that. I see it's a nice trick. Well, I guess it's just a little upset. Has to get used to his new environment, you know. Mm-hmm. What else does it do? Talks. It does? Really? Sure. If you say go, it says go. And if you say hat, it says hat. If you whistle, it whistles. Here, I'll show you. <whistles> Let me try again. Hat. Hat. Make the man give you a refund. No, I'm not giving up, Peg. The man at the store gave me a book that tells you how to teach these birds to talk. Now, all it takes is a little time and patience. Oh, darling, it really means something to you, doesn't it? Well, I guess it does, Peg. You know, when I was a kid, I was willing to give my right arm for one of these birds. And now I've got one. It'll be a lot of fun, honey. You just wait and see. <laughs> well, whatever you want, dear. By the way, is it a he or a she? I, uh... Oh, I forgot to ask. Well, how will you know what to name it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Hey, we could call it Francis. 
Francis. Sure, boy or girl, that covers it. <laughs> okay, Polly. Here's your first lesson. Say, my name is Francis. <laughs> my name is Francis. Uh, go ahead. My name is Francis. Ray. Ray, where are you? Out on the back porch, dear. Pete Thompson's here to see you. Tell him to come out. All right. My name is Francis. It is, huh? Well, good morning, Francis. Good morning, Pete. Meet the newest addition to our family. Uh-huh. Peg, tell me about him. Hiya, Francis. Oh, no, Pete. Don't say it like that. Why not? Well, we don't want to confuse him. We have to say the same thing each time to him so he'll learn it. Say, my name is Francis. Ah, oh, the heck I will. Pete, now what's the matter? Please watch your language. You might pick up the wrong words, then you're in real trouble. <laughs> what's the rap for contributing to the delinquency of a parakeet? <laughs> Let's just forget it. Suits me. Say, you phoned and said for me to come over. You had something to talk about, so let's get on with it. Well, to begin with, Pete, uh, you know the editor of the local paper? Hiram Prescott? Sure, an old lodge brother. He'll do anything in the world for me. Well, that's fine, fine. You see, a little problem has come up at the college. Now, don't give it a thought, Ray boy. Whatever happened, I won't print a word of it. No. No, Pete. Look. It's just that the school wants to get a little dignified publicity. They've put me in charge of the project. Oh, you mean you want a press agent? Well, you might call it that, yes. Someone who can get some little items into the local and the big city papers. Hello, Mr. McNutley. Mr. Thompson. Oh, hello, Sidney. What you got there in the wagon, son? Old newspapers. My school's having a paper drive. Got any old papers, Mr. McNutley? Oh, we might have. Why don't you go indoors and ask my wife? Okay. Thanks. Gee... That's a swell bird you got, Mr. McNutley. Does he talk? Does he talk? <laughs> I'll show you, Sidney. My name is Francis. Ah, go ahead. <laughs> Gee, you listen to that. What else can he say? Well, uh, well, that's, uh, that's all you know. Pretty stupid, huh? <laughs> now, that's not very nice, Pete. He's just a little backward. Maybe a case of arrested development. Sort of a slow study. In other words, uh, plain dumb. <laughs> Ray, I gotta be going. Um, you want a lift over at the campus? Well, if you don't mind, I'm all ready. Well, then let's go. My car's out front. Goodbye, Mr. McNutley, Mr. Thompson. So long, Sidney, and good luck with your paper drive. Yeah, thanks. Ray, about that publicity campaign of yours, uh, I don't think Hiram Prescott is the man. He's a newspaper editor. Well, maybe, uh, maybe he could give you the name of a good press agent. How can we get a headline out of a woman's college? Oh, that's a cinch, Ray boy. Now, all you got to do is print the picture of one of your graduates. A good-looking one. Then what? Then right underneath you say, she's beautiful. She's intelligent. She got her bachelor at Lynn Haven. <laughs> Peggy! In the living room, dear. Oh, boy, am I tired. My regular English class and then two faculty meetings and a... Peggy, what are you staring at? 
Come over here and look at Francis. What's the matter with him? Come and look. Don't tell me he said a new word. He has performed a bigger feat than that. He just laid an egg. Peggy. There it is on the bottom of the cage. Oh, oh, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> Why, you little rascal. Francis, a father. A mother. <laughs> When did it happen? Oh, I'm not sure. You told me to let Francis spend the day out on the porch to get the sun, and, well, when I brought the cage in about a half an hour ago, there it was. Well, well, well. What do you know about this? (laughs) No, I'm worried. Why? Well, she should be sitting on her egg. Well, she's probably still in a state of shock. (laughs) I've been watching her for 15 minutes, and she hasn't gone near her egg. How's it going to hatch? Francis? Sit on your egg. Francis? Sit on your egg. Go hat! Mm. You know, I read someplace that if you touch an egg, the bird will ignore it. Has anybody touched it? I haven't. And Sidney was the only other person who came anywhere near the cage. The egg must have happened after he left or he'd have told me about it. Oh, it's a shame. A baby parakeet would have been so cute. Well, let's not give up so easily, Peg. I don't intend to stand by and let Francis commit eggicide. <laughs> I'm taking over. Now, Ray, you are not going to sit on any bird egg. <laughs> Look, Peggy, I know what I'm doing. In France, when a hen or a goose refuses to sit on her eggs... The peasants wrap the eggs in a woolen stocking, take it to the local blacksmith, and he hangs the stocking over his forge. The heat from the forge hatches the eggs. Very simple. Mm-hmm. Very. How many of our friends are blacksmiths? Oh, now, Peggy. Well, you've got to have a forge. We've got a kitchen range, haven't we? We'll just keep the oven running day and night. Oh, Ray, this is getting ridiculous. We haven't got any time to lose, Peg. You can get one of my woolen socks. Yeah, well, the telephone... I'll take care of that. Hello? Ray, about that publicity you wanted for the school, I think I found a man to handle it for you. Oh, that's fine, Pete. Who is he? Pat Hatfield. He's in my office right now. Can you come down and meet him? Well, I'd like to, Pete, but I I can't right now. You see, Francis just laid an egg. The little rascal won't sit on the egg herself, so I'm taking over for her. Uh, just a second, Ray. My ears seem to be acting up. Let me bang my head. (laughs) What's the matter, Pete? He says he's busy hatching an egg. What was that, Ray? I say, I'm hanging it in a stocking over the oven. Tell him, Mr. Hatfield, I can't meet him tonight, but I'll appreciate anything he can do for Linhaven. Okay, I will. Goodbye, Ray. How do you like that? He can't make it? You know why? Because his parakeet won't sit on her egg. So he's gonna hatch it for her. <laughs> You're kidding. No. Ray's gonna hang the blame thing in a stocking over the oven. That's it. What is? The angle for our first publicity story. Talk about human interest. Pete old pal McNutley and I are just about to put Linhaven College on page one. English teacher refuses to let spark of life go out. <laughs> Raymond McNutley faces motherhood. <laughs>
while Ray McDudley watches over his egg, let me remind you that the survey experts find an average family watches television over five hours a day. If that's so, isn't it just common sense to get the set with the clearest picture? Okay, then, which make TV is clearest? Well, over 100,000 shoppers looked at all leading brands. They compared pictures under all sorts of operating conditions, in cities, in the country, in good signal areas, and bad. Then they voted. Result? General Electric Television voted TV's clearest picture 7 to 1 nationwide. Right now is the time to buy GE Television. Several new 1954 models have been reduced. Most dealers offer special terms and generous trade-in allowances. Your money goes further, buys more power, performance, and pleasure than ever before, if you get a GE. Ask your dealer to show you the set that's voted TV's clearest picture, 7 to 1, and let your own eyes decide. And now, back to the Ray Milan Show, meet Mr. McNutley. Well, it's another day now. In the faculty room of Lynn Haven College, Dean Bradley and her staff are grimly awaiting the arrival of one Raymond McNutley. And then finally, the door opens. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Will you please close the door behind you, Mr. McNutley? Why, of course, Miss Bradley. I, uh, I understand that this is some sort of an emergency meeting. You may consider it so, Mr. McNutley. Uh-huh. And, uh, just what is the subject of the meeting? You. Me? Have you read the morning newspaper? Well, I glanced at a few of the headlines, but, uh, why, Miss Bradley? This is the first page of the second section of the paper. I suggest that you read it to us. Well, which item? The one with the biggest headlines. Lynnhaven Professor Faces Motherhood. <laughs> oh. Go on. Professor Raymond McNutley of Lynnhaven College appears to have assumed the role of a stepfather to a parakeet egg. Since the professor's pet bird has refused to nest her own eggs, Mr. McNutley has devised a secret method of his own to aid the workings of Mother Nature. There's more, Mr. McNutley. When questioned as to whether his project, which the professor refers to as Operation Cackle, <laughs> will interfere with his teaching at Lynnhaven College, Mr. McNutley was quoted as saying, School can wait, the egg comes first, and I hope it'll be a boy. Possibly you have an explanation. Miss Bradley, I, I want to assure you that I had nothing to do with this item getting into the paper. You knew nothing about it? Nothing, ma'am. Well... In that case, we shall demand the newspaper retract the story in the afternoon's edition. Well, I... I don't know, Miss Bradley. Uh, let us not be hasty. Mr. McNutley, are you or are you not hatching an egg? <laughs> I'm afraid I am. Well, I've never heard of anything so fantastic in my life. This will make Lynn Haven the laughingstock of every college in the country. Professor McNutley, I must ask you to put a stop to this nonsense before it goes any further. But, Miss Bradley... You heard me. In plain English, get off that nest. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I will not. What? I regret this unfortunate publicity, Miss Bradley, but I cannot allow interference in my personal activities. My parakeet and its... its child are now a matter of principle. Oh, well, then, I must warn you that Dr. Peabody and our Board of Regents will look upon your defiance with extreme disapproval. I appreciate that, Miss Bradley, but I repeat, this is my own private affair, and I do hope it's a boy. Ray, are you going to spend the whole evening in the kitchen? I'm just checking up on the egg. 
Look, don't you think we ought to lower this sock down a little nearer to the range? Not unless you want the egg parboiled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. We'll never have the patter of tiny claws around the house if Junior's born sunny side up. <laughs> All right now, Ray. Come on in the living room and let's forget about Operation Cackle for a while. Now, who do you suppose that... I'll find out. Oh, I'm so glad I found you in, Mr. McNutley. I thought I uh, should stop by and see how you are. <laughs> well, I'm... I'm fine, Miss Bradley. Won't you come in? Uh, thank you. And Mrs. McNutley. Oh, so good to see you again. Yes, isn't it? I thought you might like to know, Mr. McNutley, that I just got a phone call from Dr. Peabody. He's delighted. Simply delighted. Well, that's nice, isn't it? Yes. Uh, delighted about what? Well, it seems that the Newswire service picked up your little story. They're treating it as a kindly, warm-hearted gesture in this cold and troubled world. It shows that our institution has a heart. Dr. Peabody said Weekly News Magazine called. They may send a man out to take your picture. What? Oh, pretty boy, pretty boy. Oh! So there it is. <laughs> So you're the little scallywag that started all this. Ah, go ahead! Oh, really? <laughs> well, good night, sir. Good, good night, night, Miss Bradley. Oh, Mr. McNutley. Yes? Uh, do call on me if there's anything I can do to help during your confinement. <laughs> During my, uh... <coughs> yes, yes, thank you, Miss Bradley, yes. Well, goodbye, goodbye. <sighs> Ray, you don't really think they'll put your picture in the paper? Of course not, dear. If they ask for my picture, I won't give it to them. I don't want to look silly. All right, Professor, now in the next picture, put your arm around your wife, will you? Smile, silly. Got it, thanks. Professor, could you give us your opinion on the international situation as sort of a bird's-eye view? Young man, I decline to be quoted. Well, I understand the mail's still pouring into the school, Professor. There's even a capable man in Australia. Australia? Yeah, he's there mailing to you an ostrich egg. <laughs> <laughs> the mother ostrich had trouble with it. Hey, you Ray boy. Oh, come on in, Pete. No, I'm on my way home, but I uh, brought you something. Here. Hmm. Box of strawberries and a jar of pickles. <laughs> That's an odd combination. No, I understand. It's the usual diet for a guy in your condition. <laughs> All right, Pete. All right. Say, will you get that, Peg? Yes, dear. That phone's been ringing all evening. Half the town seems to be holding its breath for our blessed event. Well, that's what I want to see you about, Ray. The morning paper said it ought to happen around noon today. Well, it hasn't yet. But, Ray, it's been ten days. Well, don't look at me. I can't help it. <laughs> 
According to my bird book, all the experts were a little overdue. Yeah, well, that's what's got Pat Hatfield worried. What's he got to worry about? His publicity story went over big. Well, sure, but now he wants to know if you're on the level. Of course I'm on the level. Okay, okay, don't get sore. I'll check with you later. All right. Good night, Pete. Ray. Uh Uh-huh. Who's that phone call from? Miss Bradley. She's concerned. Yeah. And she says Dr. Peabody is concerned. I think I'll go boost the temperature on that oven. Oh, please, Ray. It's been over 80 in here for more than a week. Oh, but Peggy, uh... (laughs) I want to read you something. Listen a minute. Here's a paragraph from your bird book. The sex of the blue parakeet can be readily determined by examining the ridge of the beak. In the female, this ridge is usually dark in color. Mm-hmm. Is that all? Not quite. In the male, this ridge on the beak is light blue in color. Light blue, huh? Light blue. Just like our own Francis. Peggy. Peggy, that's impossible. The book's crazy. Well, read it yourself while I get the door. Good evening, Miss McNutley. Oh, hello, Sidney. My father said I could come over and look at Francis if it was all right with you. Well, of course it is, Sidney. Come in. Francis's cage is over there on the side table, Sidney. Yeah. Hello, Francis. Hello, Francis. Uh, go, go, go. <laughs> I don't care what this book says. Francis has got to be a female. Did you ever know of a male that laid an egg? Dear, let's not talk about present company. <laughs> Sydney! Sydney! What are you doing to that bird? Nothing, Mr. McNutley. Well, yes, you are, Sydney. What are you poking at, Francis? I'm just giving her a jelly bean. A jelly bean? Francis won't eat anything like that. She ate the one I put in her cage last week. I don't care what you. Siddley Let me see that jelly bean Sure, here Why, Ray, it it looks exactly like the one that you... Yes, exactly Oh For ten days I've been the expectant father of a jelly bean You won't be disappointed like Ray, not if you go to your GE dealers, because your GE dealer is now featuring sensationally new low prices on five top-selling GE TV models. What's more, many dealers are holding GE Week celebrations with generous low-payment terms and the biggest trade-in allowances in history for small-screen TV. Some dealers are putting on special sales events of their own, and every GE dealer is featuring the greatest value since television was invented. Yes, sir, now's the time to buy. You may never see prices like these again. Imagine GE with a picture voted clearest of all by 7 to 1, now at prices that compare with ordinary TV. Here's genuine GE quality TV, now listed as low as $179.95. So go to your nearest GE dealer and get the best deal in town. And now back to the Ray Milan Show. Meet Mr. McDuffley. So that's the whole story, Miss Bradley. It was all a horrible mistake. Well, it's a shock, of course, Mr. McNutley, but a mistake that almost anybody might make. Well, I'm so glad you understand, Miss Bradley. Next time, I won't count my parakeets until they hatch. <laughs> I hope not. 
And as for telling the truth to the newspapers, it may turn out to be a better human interest story than ever now. Well, it may, but personally, I'm through forever with publicity campaigns. And if I ever see another egg... I'm afraid you will, Professor. Uh, you see this box here on my desk? Yes. Remember the man who cabled from Australia that he was airmailing you an ostrich egg? Oh, no. Oh, yes. Well, what am I going to do with it? Well, shall I tell you? One ostrich omelet coming up. Ray Milad will be back in just a moment. Tonight's show was adapted for radio by Leonard St. Clair from a television show by Joe Connolly and Bob Mosher and was directed by Joe Rines. The Ray Milan Show is a review production. Each week at this hour, GE Radios and GE Television bring you transcribed the General Electric Comedy Theater starring Ray Milland in Meet Mr. McNutley. Here he is. Thank you, Dell. Between now and Easter Sunday, why not see the grand GE Television sets we've been telling you about? There's no better Easter gift for the whole family and no better time to buy than now at your GE dealers. Good night. In tonight's cast were Verna Felton, Stuffy Singer, Harry Bartell, and Ray Erlenborn. And this is Del Sharbert speaking. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.